And so Nehemiah is at home. He's a cupbearer to the king. He's a high official. It's a, a really important job, quite a few miles away from Jerusalem. And he has been uh, uh, said to his friends. His friends have visited him and told him about the state of the walls in Jerusalem. And he has been grieving and weeping and praying and fasting. And then he goes to the king. Uh, keep going. You're doing really well. He goes to the king. And says, you know, I, I really need to go to Jerusalem. I need to go back and restore the walls. I want to lead a group of people. And we learned last week that he had the favour of the king because he had the favour of God. And because this was God's plan, uh, the king agreed with it and sent uh, Nehemiah on his journey. And that's where we pick up the story uh, today. Nehemiah is making the journey, the long journey, the really long journey from where he lived uh, to Jerusalem. And he's got with him a group of people. He's got with him uh, some, some leaders and some soldiers and some people to help him. Uh, so do you want to pick some people up on the way? Uh, guys, just follow him. Just get up and some of you follow him. Uh, and so he's got uh, these people with him. Now, all the time that Nehemiah is traveling, all the time that he's going, you can go a little bit faster. That's fine. Again, don't need to run, but a little bit quicker. Good. We'll have a full church conga by then. No, we won't really. But, you know, in all the time that he's traveling, and it would have taken a good number of days for Nehemiah to get there, he's responsible for all of the people that are with him. Uh, he's the king's representative. It was his mission. It was his idea to go. It was his idea to do this. And the king blessed it and said, you can go, take these people with you. But Nehemiah was responsible. He was responsible for making sure they were safe. He was responsible for making sure that they slept well, that they ate well, all of these things. And for days and days and days, they traveled to Jerusalem. Now, it's no coincidence, you can keep going, I'm not quite ready yet. Uh, you, it's no coincidence that in a week, in this week, I was listening to uh, the radio and there was a report on the radio about one of the political parties trying to push forward the motion that we should move to a four-day week. Now, I don't know if anybody heard that article and heard that report, and I don't know what you think about that. I'm not going to talk about politics, don't worry. But there was this move towards a four-day week because there's a recognition that as a nation, we are working way too hard. We are pushing ourselves far too hard. That there's this, this culture that we've created. You can't stop. There's this culture we've created where uh, we're just obsessed by working every hour that God sends us. And it's it's exhausting and it's tiring and all those things. And it's no coincidence, actually, that as we get to this particular week, as we look at this particular passage in Nehemiah, that one of the key themes we find in here is only in a few verses. And if you've been reading Nehemiah, you probably completely missed them. I would imagine that as you were reading Nehemiah, you skipped over them entirely. And so I'm going to just read that one verse to you uh, now. And a little bit before. So he's traveling. He's traveling beyond the, uh, the river. Uh, he's got the king's letters. And now the king has sent the officers of the army and the cavalry with him. And he's got people with him. And he, uh, people are hearing that he's arriving. They're not particularly happy about the fact he's arrived. And here's the bit you may have missed. Okay? Oh, but before we get to that, uh, before we get to the bit you'd miss, just think about this journey through it. Because they've been going for days. And not only have they been going for days, but Nehemiah has been waiting for this moment for months and months and months. One of the things we explored is that when he first heard about the walls of Jerusalem from his friends, he was weeping and praying for at least two or three days. 
And then he had to wait for an opportunity to talk to the king. And we said a couple of weeks ago that that probably would have been waiting at least four to ten months. And you can't imagine that the king would have said, yep, all right, send an army, let's go. And they would have gone the next day. It would have taken a bit of preparation to get those people together, uh, to plan it, to prepare the journey. And then they set off on their journey. So it's probably not far off a year since Nehemiah first heard about the walls of Jerusalem. And for that whole time, he's been waiting for the opportunity to be in Jerusalem. And he finally arrives in Jerusalem. He finally arrives in Jerusalem and listen carefully to what he does because his number one temptation would have been to get cracking would it not he's been waiting for this opportunity for days and in verse 11 and it says so I came to Jerusalem and was there for three days then I got up and went by night so the first thing he did was he rested go and rest After all that travelling and all that anguish and all that waiting, he has been desperate, absolutely desperate to rebuild these walls for months and months and months. And if, I, if Nehemiah was anything like me, he would have arrived in Jerusalem and gone, right, let's get cracking. Let's get building. Let's get these people. Let's rally the troops. Let's get going. We've been waiting this for this day for ages. But it says, then I was there for three days and then I got up. You see... When I first arrived at St. Mary's, one of the early sermon series that we had was on the subject of rest. And it would be wrong to think that you do a sermon series and great, everything's fixed. That's not how it works. Rest is still something that we need to be constantly reminded of. Because when we rest, it's not about being idle. That's not what rest is. It's not about doing nothing. What rest is about is do you trust God enough with the stuff that's not being done while you're resting? You see, Nehemiah's been waiting for this wall for so, so long. And he's desperate for it to be built. He's still desperate for it to be built. But he's prepared to say, but before that, these guys need a rest. I need a rest. I recognise I need to just stop and take stock for a moment. A, to make sure that I'm okay. B, to make sure that these people around me are okay. And also to make sure that I've heard God properly in what I'm doing. And that I've not rushed ahead of him and tried to play his hand. I don't want to go into this wall project, this building project, this massive rebuilding of a wall and say, God, here I am, I'm ready, I've started, now bless this project. I want to make sure this is God's project and that I'm joining in with what he's doing. And so I need to work from a place of rest, not rest from work. This is the difference that Nehemiah finds. There's so much in the character of Nehemiah that we said at the beginning we can learn from. And this issue of rest, it's so tucked away. It's a tiny little verse that we could easily miss. So I came to Jerusalem and was there for three days. And then I got up. Then I got up and I began. And even then he didn't start work on the walls. He wanted to make sure that the report he'd received from his friends was 100% accurate. And so he went round the walls by night. At this point, he hadn't told anyone why he was there. He hadn't discussed it with anyone because he didn't want rumours to be spreading. He hadn't sort of shared the idea with the rulers and the authorities. It says that at the end of the passage we just heard. I'd told nobody about the work that we were there to do. Because he wanted to be sure that he was in the right place to begin this work. And far too often we can rush ahead of God with the things we want to do for him, 
rather than resting and waiting. And resting is not the same as being idle. Resting is about actually what, being what we're created for, which is worshipping beings in the presence of God. You know, we said a, f- a few months ago the phrase, be still and know that I am God, a really well-known verse from the Psalms, isn't actually translated as be still, as in just stop and don't do anything. It means to let go and know that I am God. The actual translation is let go and know that I am God. Surrender those things that you're concerned about, that you're pushing for, that you're fighting for, that you're waiting for, that you're working towards, and just be still and know that I am God. And I was wondering, what does that look like in everyday life? Well, it means, okay, let's say you have a commuter train journey where you're on the train for 45 minutes and your, your, tendal, your tendency is to open the laptop as soon as you get off until the moment you arrive. What if actually 10 minutes before you get to the stop, you shut the laptop and you be still and you know that God is God? And in that 10 minutes, you trust to God the 10 minutes of work you're not doing, that you're not paid to do anyway, because it's outside your hours. How much do you trust God to be able to be still? You see, Nehemiah was desperate for this to be done. And there may be things in our lives that we want to see done, and it's good that we want to see those things done. This is good what Nehemiah wanted to see done. This was a, a, an act and a move of God, and he wanted to see it happen. And God wanted to see it happen too. But Nehemiah knew that if he'd arrived after however many days of journey and however many months of grief and got stuck straight in, he would have crashed. You see, we, we have a culture where we work every hour that God sends us, but our bodies were not designed for that. And if we do it, we will crash. It's, a, it's inevitable. We will, we will crash because we weren't designed for that. And Nehemiah teaches us something about the importance of rest, the importance of waiting on God before you get up. And so I just want to say, actually, that one of the most significant words in the book of Nehemiah is the word then. I waited for three days, then I got up, and I went and did the work that God had called me to do. How are you with the word then? And how are you with the bit before the word then and the bit after the word then? Do you trust God enough in that time to be able to rest in his presence? And it comes from being secure in who you are as Nehemiah was. We know that as we look in the, as we've been learning, you know, Nehemiah knew who he was. He knew who God was uh, and he was very realistic about that. And I wonder, particularly as we approach uh, World Mental Health Day on Wednesday, that you may be waiting for a breakthrough in your life. And I wonder how you are doing in the waiting. I wonder how you're feeling with the waiting for the then. In that time, there is a God who stands with you. A God who was with Nehemiah right through the journey and will continue to be with Nehemiah right through the rebuilding of the walls. And what Nehemiah wanted to do was he wanted to recognise that fact for himself. He wanted to remind himself that he is in the presence of God as he goes to build these walls, as he goes on to do what God's called him to do. He's realistic about the situation. He knows it's not going to be easy. He doesn't pretend it's going to be easy. But he knows that without God it would be impossible. But with God all things are possible. And so, 
Nehemiah came to Jerusalem, was there for three days. Then he got up during the night and with a few men went to see what was going on, knowing that God was going with him. Amen.